The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. video where you got the three generations of black guys arguing about whether or not they should riot or protest or whatever. I am not. Maybe we'll play a little audio from that. Oh, plus we're going to play some of uh, Rush Limbaugh and uh, the the Breakfast Club guys discussing white privilege at some point. By the way, Joe Biden just cleaned up in seven Democratic primaries across the country yesterday. Really kicked ass. I said you're kidding me. Running uncontested, isn't he? Yeah, he won all seven. Swept. The, the Why burden? are you saying it like that? <laughs> Sorry, Mayor Pete. <laughs> he hasn't been in it for a long Sorry. time. Sorry. I withdrew. <laughs> Kristen Gillibrand. What about me? Again, I get cheated. Sorry. Who else ran for and was, oh, Beto. Sorry, Beto. Beto. He didn't oh, win even one of the seven yesterday. Another thumb in Beto's eye. <laughs> you, off the board. I'll come up and drag you off. So the, the Bernie Brigade, <laughs> the Bernie Brigade seems to be really going for the 25% delegate threshold, not enough to clearly uh, get the nomination but it gives you some sort of uh bigger seat at the democratic convention table if you get that 25 percent threshold yeah you get to on the rules committee and stuff like that that, it makes a difference i still say biden wanders off into the woods in his bathrobe (laughs) and has to be replaced but we'll see (laughs) oh boy only hope um and this is worth mentioning just days after president trump's pledge to sever u.s ties with the world health organization which i fully support in response to their mishandling of the COVID-19 crisis to the benefit of China, new information came out just yesterday 
about Beijing's restriction of crucial information from the U.N. agency at the onset of the outbreak, sources show that three Chinese labs decoded the genome of the virus a full week before the sequence was leaked to the public by an unofficial source. So somebody in China said, we got to let the world know about this and leaked it out. Otherwise, right. who knows when we would have got the news, and it would have been that much worse. Right. As, as tens of thousands of Chinese people flew out around the world and spread the virus, and China tried to keep it a secret, even though they had it completely known, uh, d- d- sequenced and figured out how dangerous it was. And they have specific ironclad obligations under the WHO to release that information the second they have it. Oh, and then the WHO, particularly the leader of the WHO, going on for weeks and still currently saying, we just we admire China and their openness and their braveness, and they're he's a, a model of transparency. He's a Chinese lackey from a Chinese lackey country. Anybody who has a problem with Trump pulling out of the WHO, since we fund almost the entire thing, when they're that in the pocket of China, you do have Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah, you, you truly just, do. You just hate Trump so much you can't just like get to the facts of this story. It costs tens of thousands of American lives, but you're siding with the communists. And nine trillion dollars. Yeah, God. Unbelievable. Thank you for nothing reminding us of that, but by the way, the uh, we were talking about this earlier today. There has now been ample time to assess whether the openings up of various states, cities, etc. has yielded in a spike of cases and deaths. Uh, long story short, it has not. The daily deaths in the United States are just over 850, down from 2,300. Uh, you know, uh, famously, Georgia. Who was it who said the governor is going to have blood on his hands? Was that... Uh, Nancy Pelosi or AOC, I can't remember. Georgia peaked at 36 deaths per day in uh, mid-April, like six weeks ago. They haven't gone down a lot, but they haven't gone up at all. They're down to like 28 deaths a day in Georgia. And that's that's a projection because the latest figures aren't in. It might be as few as 15 per day. You're going to wreck the economy of a state as big and dynamic as Georgia over phantom fears of a, a dozen people passing away. And again, and I love my mom and dad. I loved my grandparents as much as you can. But diseases that mostly just kill 85-year-olds, you don't shut down the economy over that. Otherwise, you'd be shutting down the damn economy every single year, without exception, because of the flu or whatever else. So, uh, rioting going on over the last couple of nights. Last night was a lot better. Uh, all across the country, certainly in the L.A. area. Uh, yeah. Well, it had to get better. Big was, shows of force in a lot of cities absolutely contributed to that. I don't. Did you know where this plus, video- plus, plus, and this is a beautiful thing. Many of the rallies, guys would start to get hinky. Your Antifa types, your looters, your scumbags would start to jump ugly, and they would restrain them and start chanting peaceful protest, peaceful protest. It's good stuff. That is good. Yeah, those are some of my favorite videos I've seen, and there's plenty of them. Yeah, yeah. Don't you be discrediting. Listen, and some of these people might be misguided or be mistaken on the statistics, as we were talking before, but they're exercising their sacred rights. You're going to screw up their exercise of their rights by smashing windows, stealing stuff, or, or, or throwing bricks at cops? They ought to turn on you. So where did this happen? Does it make any difference? I don't know if it makes any difference. I believe this was L.A. Okay, cool. And uh, we love it. You had three g- different generations of uh, black guys there with different attitudes about the protests and the stuff. And one guy who was a 
uh, middle. Uh, they looks like he's forty. Is that a they, good guess? They, they, he, he brings up the ages oh, okay. in the okay. in the clip. Yeah, okay, well, let's it, listen to it then. It's a little hard to tell the voices apart at first, but but I think it, it the self-explanatory. This ain't the way. Cause they ready to let loose. But it's time to stand up. So at this point, at this point, I'm ready to die for what's going on. He angry at 46. I'm angry at 31. You angry at 16. Putting yourself in harm's way is not the way. No, it's not. Y'all coming with a better way. Because we ain't doing it. Oh, my God. And I have a five-year-old son. Oh, my God. And it ain't happening. Mm. I marched four years ago. Keep Lamont Scott did the same exact thing night after night after night. It don't matter. Coming with a better way. Uh, lecturing the older guy and the and the young kid. There's We got to come up with a better way. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, uh, clearly true, you know. The the blame we we got a text earlier from somebody. How do you guys not see that Trump is to blame for all this? I'm telling you, the fact that race <laughs> relations got worse while Obama was president means that, according to, wasn't it like 74 percent of Americans and there were only 13 uh, who disagreed or something? Means I mean, that, the numbers were overwhelming. And 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 I, and I would guess that a, a lot of people on the side of a, a you know fixing racial division feel like Barack Obama said all the right things. He, he said the right things the other day. That thing he wrote was absolutely fantastic. I'd like to go out on the street with the people that are smashing stuff and see how many of them even know what happened, let alone could uh, you know say back to you any of his ideas. Right. I'm just not sure that that, that stuff makes much difference, those flowery speeches. Mm, They're no. nice. Uh, and and he's, he was right about getting act you know getting active in your community and the way to win is at the ballot box and blah blah blah. Obama was also criticized by the left during it for not doing enough. Right, it it, it is very hard to appease everybody all the time, yeah. and the these problems definitely existed far before any president, and they will continue to exist for the foreseeable future, at least I think. Yeah, well, that's my point. We need another beer summit. Make mine an old fashioned. I remember the beer summit. Um, so it was, that was, but Biden was there. I remember they sat outside Biden, oh, yeah. Obama, and that professor from Harvard. Right. And the cop who behaved stupidly, according to Obama, before any of the facts were in. Let's remember that. That was like really early in Obama's presidency. It was like when you're still trying to figure out what this is going to be like. Right. Right. Mm. Yep. Anyway, the point being these, uh, these problems run deep and have been going on for a long time. And I'm just, I'm not sure you can pen a really well-written op-ed and, uh, and, and and fix anything. No, no. It's got to filter downward. Uh, you know, the, the, the leaders of the various movements and neighborhoods and whatever have to hear this stuff, internalize it, spread it downward to the, the churches and the coaches and the rest of it who spread it down to the kids and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, frequently that doesn't happen, especially because a lot of the activist groups are on the take. They're phony. They're profit groups that masquerade as civil rights groups. And they become completely perverted from their alleged purposes. And they're crooked. I grew up with it in Chicagoland. A lot of these activist groups are just on the take. What they do is they deliver votes. So they get funded with government dollars. And they faithfully deliver the votes every single cycle. And that's that's the business they're in. So, yeah, I don't know. But it, Trump didn't bring division. Division brought Trump, I think, is a pretty... Well, that's uh, a good one. A, a fairly uh, reasonable uh, Look at Joe description Getty. of it. Wow. Well, I'm quoting somebody else. I've never <laughs> had You having a good time, Joe? Dropping I am. The Thank you, Mr. Rhetorical hammer. <laughs> All right. Super. Oh, okay. Hey, listen. This is, this is apropos of nothing. But we need to lighten the mood a little bit. 
I happen to find myself among some faithful Armstrong and Getty listeners yesterday. Where could you go where that wouldn't happen? True enough. And uh, and I made a reference to Elvis's pilled-up Las Vegas rant. And I got a couple of blank faces. And I said, you never heard it? They said, no, we've never happened to catch that. And I said, all right. I'm all for hearing it again, and I've heard it 500 times. Michael, if you could dig that up, let me tell you, there is a, a GD bomb in the middle of it. I hope you're not offended by that, and if you are, I apologize. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking to you. But the, <laughs> we, we, have, we have considered editing it. We tried editing it. Um, but part of the astonishment of the thing right. is he's there in the theater at the Las Vegas Casino with a bunch of Midwestern blue hairs. <laughs> Staring at him, you know, jaws agape and eyes wide as he goes off on this pilled-up rant. Fantastic. And and you've got to, you know, I don't know. I think it needs to be enjoyed I'm in its entirety. Yeah. I'm excited. I'll be here. Michael, do you have that ready, or do you need a minute? Um, let me check it real quick. I want to make sure it's the right yeah, we'll, thing. We'll, we'll come up with it. we got time. It's, it's a lot of places, but it's it's worth hearing. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. It's an Armstrong and Getty <laughs> classic. Oh, it's just, it's so good. Yeah, it's I so tell you what, good. why don't we go to a break and make sure Michael has it right, but it is, uh, it is one of the, not only the all-time best Elvis thing, it's one of the best all-time things, period. <laughs> All right, so don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out. So the Elvis rant, which is, you know, it's available in various places. We've played it and talked about it and stuff now, over the years. this is a world exclusive. The um, there's a couple of books about Elvis that are absolutely fantastic. You don't even have to be an Elvis fan to like Last Train to Memphis, the first Peter Gurlnick book that was written about Elvis, and it won the Pulitzer Prize. It's just a great slice of American history from the '50s and pop culture and everything like that that Elvis is featured in. Freaking great book, really, really love it. Then the follow up to that, I don't remember what the title of it was, but that gets into Elvis, the crappy movies. When Elvis starts to go downhill, starts to get involved with drugs and be a little too happy with his own act and everything like that, and it features this period of his life. Pretty prominently in the uh, mid-70s when he was doing the Hilton every night and whatever, however many thousand nights in a row he performed there, set the Vegas record and everything like that. That's where there's a statue in the lobby. Mm -hmm. But he was regularly pilled out of his mind on stage. And because it was pre-cell phone, if you did that today, you wouldn't wouldn't last a week because it would be everywhere. You'd be in rehab. Everybody would hear it the next day. You'd be on TMZ, then in rehab. And Dr. Phil and everything else. But back then, you know, you could get on stage and rant and rave as a a drugged-up lunatic and... You know, nobody even really heard of it. How many of you people saw the movie Blue Hawaii? Okay, so you have a bunch of uh, middle-aged folks from the Midwest excited to be in Vegas, thrilled to be seeing the king of rock and roll, and uh, he pauses between songs and addresses the audience. I don't pay attention to rumors. I don't pay attention to movie magazines. They don't read them because they're all junk. We love you, Elvis. No, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to put anybody's job down. I'm talking about they have a job to do, and they got they got to write something. So if they don't know anything, they make it up. Calm so, so far. In my case, they make it up. But I hear rumors flying around. I got sick in the hospital. Well, I was, you know, in this day and time, you can't even get sick. You are strung out. Oh, by God, I'll tell you something, friend. I have never been strung out in my life, except on music. Wait, wait, what? Huh? 
When I got sick here in the hotel, I got sick here that one night. I had 102 temperature. They wouldn't let me perform. From three different sources, I heard I was strung out on heroin. Oh. I swear to God, hotel employees, Jack, bellboys, freaks that carry your luggage up to the room, <laughs> people working around, you know, talking, maids. And I was sick. I was, you know, I was getting, had a doctor, had the flu. Calm again. Got over one day, was I? But all across this town, I was strung out. So I told him earlier, and don't you get offended, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to somebody else. <laughs> if I find or hear the individual that has said that about me, I'm going to break your goddamn neck, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Yay! This got dark. Yeah, you told us. That is dangerous. That is damaging to myself, to my little daughter, to my father, to my friends, my doctor, to everybody in my relationship with you, my relationship with you on the stage. It is dangerous. I will pull your goddamn tongue out by the roots. <laughs> Wait a second. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let me get out of this mood. Let me get out of this <laughs> Now, how many of you folks have seen Blue Hawaii? Right. This is his next line. <laughs> Wow, I've I've owned I've owned motorcycles that almost accelerated that fast from calm to roots. Eyes popping out of his head, and he was a complete drug addict at that point. Oh yeah, no, he was a drug czar. He fought the uh... <laughs> yeah, he had the badge from Nixon. <laughs> Hotel employees, Jack, bellboys. <laughs> Weirdos, bring your bags up to the freaks room. Freaks, bring your bags up to the room. Freaks, freaks, that bring your bags up. I will pull Ma- your goddamn tongue out by the roots. What? what? Maids. Maids, he says, dismissively maids. I will break your neck, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh so my, delicious. Oh, my God. And that was unknown across America because cell phones didn't exist. Yep. And the yep. ability to easily record things. Some and put sound it on the man internet. must have been taping it or something, because that's the yeah. mic feed. That was September 2nd, 1974, by the way. Oh, man. Good times. But even if you recorded it back then, you couldn't then post it on the internet. You'd have right. to give physical copies to somebody else who has a reel-to-reel player. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not going to travel very far. God, yeah. that's hilarious. That The whole thing is eight minutes long. There's a lot more to it, too. Um, but- if I have a time machine, I think i got to catch a late Elvis show. I think I have to. Man, I'd like to catch an early Elvis show. I think that'd Both. be a good comparison. Yeah, that'd, be a, that'd be, be a fun day. Yeah. yeah. In my time machine. I did what it was it would take. Can you go to a different couple of different places with your time machine? Like catch one show, then another show, back to back? Or do you have to recharge the batteries or what? How does that work? As long as you got enough fuel, you Nobody know? really knows the rules as they argued about in the Avengers movie. All we know is we know what we know from Bill and Ted's Exit Adventure, Time Machine, Time Machine Hot Tub or whatever that movie was. Hot Tub Time Machine. We These, got Back to the Future. That's the, an excellent Those tone. are the only things yeah. we know about time travel, really. Um, but God dang it. Oh, Elvis, that is so hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the uh, freaks the, that carry your bags to the room. Well, and apparently the folks were not that freaked out by it. No, they're just yeah, yeah, heck yeah. Pull Elvis. his tongue out by the roots, right? <laughs> <laughs> you rip it right out of it. Do it, do it here in the lobby. Why not? Maybe that's your encore. You torture a bellboy. What? Some freak. Barbaric. Oh, <laughs> telling you. Oh, my you. God. The old Peruvian necktie by the king of rock and roll. I've never been strung on anything but music in my life. See, I told you, honey, Las Vegas has something for everyone. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. The President of the United States ordered troops to attack peaceful American citizens exercising their constitutional rights by tear gassing them in a public park while military helicopters flew overhead. Oh, boy. (laughs) This was discussed uh, last night on the panel, the balanced panel, liberals, conservatives alike on Brett Baer's show. And uh, nobody tear gassed anybody, and the military helicopter up uh, overhead was clearly labeled with the red crosses of a medical evacuation helicopter. But you have politicians willing to utterly whip people up into fear and hatred to get to, you know, to enhance their own power. Just, it's unforgivable. Disgusting. So, do we want to hear a little Rush Limbaugh on with uh, the, the Breakfast, Breakfast Club? Club? Yeah, I, I've heard it characterized as people talking past each other. Um, I'm kind of curious. Can we uh, pause this thing and then yeah. stop and go, Sean? So, right. this is a well-known uh, black show that has become kind of like the place you have to go as a politician if you want to uh, the, the get the ear of uh, black voters. It's helpful. It's yeah. where Joe Biden made his unfortunate comment for him about, uh, you ain't black. Let me ask a quick question. If the Minnesota Vikings had announced two nights ago mm-hmm. that they were going to hire Colin Kaepernick, would the riots have stopped? No. Nobody gives no. a shit about that. What are we talking about? Well, Colin you guys, Kaepernick, what do you mean? You guys Vikings, brought up man. Kaepernick. Kaepernick. His name is Kaepernick. And Kaepernick, the reason I brought him up is because he was so you guys brought up about Colin And uh, I'm just asking if the Vikings had signed him. Would that have, would the people of Minnesota, oh, good, okay, he's got a oh, gig. You know, we're you, not going to protest no. anymore. Because no. that's not going to stop white supremacy. That's not going to stop racism. Okay, we got to R.I.P. to George Floyd, but just that was not an isolated right. incident. This is a regular occurrence. Let me uh, ask for black people in this country. How and do you how stop? How would that be? Don't want to change the system. Uh, how that's do you a stop? question for you. You, you, I, I want to know guys, how, how are you going to use your privilege as a white male to combat this prejudice? You, you got a direct line. I, I don't, I don't buy Trump. into. No, wait a minute. I don't buy into the notion of white privilege. See, I, oh, I, I think that's a liberal—that's a liberal political construct right along the lines of, of uh, uh, political correctness. It's designed to intimidate and get people to shut up and admit they're guilty of doing things Russ, they haven't done. You know, I don't have—I don't have any you know white. What, you know what white privilege is? White privilege is that what what happened to George Floyd would not have happened to a white man. If 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 what happened to George Floyd? Had happened to a white man, we probably wouldn't even have heard about it. Huh? You definitely would have heard about it. You definitely would have been. You definitely would have heard about it. You definitely would have heard about it. If George Floyd, I don't know how many black people get killed by unarmed black men. I don't think if George jump in and say this, Rush. There's a lot of instances where this does happen, and we don't hear about it. There's a lot of times that there's no video that exists, and then people are. Uh, police officers lie and they say this is what happened just like we've seen it happen so many different times where fortunately there was video there's a lot of cases that won't make it that we'll never hear about that don't go viral that you never hear about that Uh, never make it to tv that never make it to social media because there is no phones what i what i said guys i said if george floyd were white we wouldn't have heard of this and if the same thing had happened to him we wouldn't have heard about it it wouldn't be you know the we we the, the, the 
All right, you know, I think I think we've probably heard enough. As a fan of conversation and of solving problems and getting to the bottom of things, it strikes me that virtually every 30 seconds of that conversation, maybe every 15 seconds of that conversation, would require an entire afternoon to talk through and to get an understanding of each other's positions and then probably research some statistics... And cite some specific instances of, uh, of of things making the news, not making the. There was an unarmed white guy killed by the cops not terribly long ago. It was a few weeks ago, and it got zero news. Um, so I see Rush Limbaugh's point, but it, virtually every tiny chunk of that would take several hours to untangle. And the conversation, or I'm sorry, the uh, the the problem with the the uh, fanciful conversation about race we're supposed to have as a people, is that it, it would have to be very slow, very deliberate, very careful, and refereed heavily by some uh, uh, arbiter of truth and justice. So nobody, like, talked over everybody. And uh, good luck with that. <laughs> We're not built for that. Well, I don't think their conversation was ultimately that meaningful or, or, or moved anybody's needle, right? Everybody's needle stuck. I respect back all parties involved for at least willing the willingness to to reach across to somebody that you don't normally broadcast to. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, and they both sure. got they both got uh <clears throat> a lot of hell on social media from their own sides. How yeah. dare you um elevate Rush Limbaugh to this power or why would you listen to these, you know, liberal Racists, whatever whatever, yeah. <clears throat> uh yeah, very gutsy of both of them to engage in the conversation, I think. And I wonder if it'd be helpful if, if like, they had a standing appointment to do that every time one of these stories pops up. Maybe that'd be a way to do it. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, in each one of those topics, you'd, it would take so long to, like, really get into it. I wonder if you did this every time something racial came up. Neither, you know, neither one of those parties are obligated to do it. They're both in for-profit businesses. they got to figure out what their listeners want. But uh, in terms of actually doing some good for society, I wonder if, I wonder if that'd be helpful. I might nominate a different uh, person. You know, on each side, but yeah. I like the idea of it at least. Um, some sort of calm Bill Maher esque, yeah. um, without an audience, by the way, without his audience of braying one sided jackasses, but just Bill Maher and somebody who d- he disagrees with. I think a one on one is also important too, because just the when there's three people all trying to make the same point and they feel like somebody on their side's not making it well enough, they're going to jump in and talk over and it, 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 it inclu- like you're doing now. Yes, very much so. Not kidding. Uh, performance art, Joe. Um, <laughs> well played. <laughs> so it looks like we made it into the Urban Dictionary. Somebody's claiming. Oh uh, yeah, I think we have a couple of entries. Oh really? Yeah. This one is for something I brought it's not up. The grand, what was it, the cannibal grandma? And what's not that grandibalism? No, we didn't not invent that. Why did you? No, that's okay. the guy in California. I, I disavow that. I was making sure that wasn't the a thing. guy in California ate his grandma. So some people are calling it grandibalism, but uh, we're not. People are saying that. Uh, Burden of Damascus is in the Urban Dictionary, a uh, phrase I think we invented. We did. Well, we didn't invent the phrase. We we invented the use of that phrase yeah. to mean that. Yeah, it's something from the Middle East, and it's funny. I don't even remember the original. It's a very important meaning, but uh, we used it to mean when you like just have the uncontrollable need to go number two, and uh, you <laughs> got in public, and you got to find a place, right? And uh, <laughs> you got to find a place to go. And it says here, "Burden of Damascus." It gives the definition. I don't. I don't really like the way they worded the de- definition. I don't think it's accurate, but anyway, 
Uh, heard on the hottest show on the West Coast, Armstrong and Getty Radio Show. Well, nationwide. Actually cited. Now. Nice. Yes. yes. Clearly. Yeah, that was before. This was 2013. It's been in the Urban Dictionary since 2013. We right. are now nationwide, if not global, if not uh, intergalactic. Well, we're... <laughs> <laughs> I have no evidence of that, but we are clearly global as we get emails. You know what might be fun? Of course, you know, this is one tiny segment of the show, and, and we've been yammering on now for nigh on four hours, but... Where are you listening? Uh, outside the United States. In my car. Oh, my. I think you're misunderstanding my question. Uh, where geographically are you? What country are you in? Uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, I know, and, and feel free to uh, reinforce this if I mention, I know we have Taiwan, a handful of folks in China, um, Mexico, um, I'm trying to think. Oh, oh, we have a number of service people in Japan who listen. Um, all over Europe. I mean, a bunch of European countries. So shout out to all you folks. Whatever the hell time it is where you are, godforsaken foreign land. <laughs> oh, hey, this is great. Somebody just sent us a link to this tweet. Speaking of mailbag, there's hundreds of white people getting on the ground and renouncing their white privilege. Yeah, I saw, it's a I saw bunch that. of yoga. Where clad suburban white chicks and a few emasculated dudes, ballless wonders on wow. the ground renouncing their white privilege. Wow! You, you know what I? You know what my problem with white privilege is, and how it's thrown around like an accusation, is that when it's ever explained, it's that you don't have to fear uh, a, a cop if he pulls you over, or you don't get stared at in a store or whatever. That is that is just what ought to happen in most circumstances. And to throw that around as an accusation of something being done wrong because of the skin color you're born with, no, you've got it backwards. You've, what you need to do is be touting black is beautiful and, and, and quit treating us unfairly. Quit accusing white people of some original sin of being born with light skin. Stop it. It's the most loathsome sort of racism, and it'll never do any good. So uh, Rod Rosenstein was the uh, acting attorney general during a lot of the whole beginning of the Russia investigation. How is that possibly in the news again? Well, he's being questioned in front of the Judiciary Committee run by Lindsey Graham. He said something pretty extraordinary today. We thought that we'd play that for you, among other things. We're going to have a big finish. Oh, man. Going to be, we, we're bringing maids, bellboys, freaks are bringing bags up to your room. We got them all for you. Don't <laughs> oh, go away. Your goddamn tongue out of the roof. Oh, hey, 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 easy. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, we brought it up a little bit yesterday. One of the uh, NBA announcers in America, each team has their own. Uh, Grant Napier of the Sacramento Kings did lose his job, as uh, probably was expected, for saying all lives matter, even though he didn't. He didn't mean anything by it. He just meant, you know, everybody shouldn't. Yeah, he wasn't answering Black Lives Matter with an argument. He was agreeing. He's not a political guy. He's a sports guy and a good guy. Anyway, he said it, so you got to fire him because that's the environment we now live in. You can't say you can't say that, and then he says, 
Oh, I didn't know what that meant. I'm sorry. He said, I'm so sorry. No, I, I would no, never suggest stuff. that blah, blah, blah. No, Not the way it, society works anymore. Had to sacrifice him on the altar of political correctness. Cancel culture. Absolutely disgusting. Mostly just d- more deeply embittering people about oh, yeah. racial conversations. Oh, yeah. Now I really have an open heart to have that conversation about race. If I dare misspeak, you're going to ruin my life. But you're inviting me to have this conversation? How does that work? It's ridiculous. It really is. It's terrible. So, uh, I'm not, you know, thrilled to be talking about the whole Russia investigation again, but oh, I, I am. I also don't, I, I can't wait. I also don't want to, uh, tire out of it because, well, it's tiring and, uh, and miss the ending, which could be very good, which we're starting to learn more about how the whole damn thing started and how corrupt I think the FBI is right. or was. I hope it's not still, but. And Democrats, do you want this administration or the next Republican one to be running the FBI at your guys to try to discredit them, spreading Russian disinformation? About Are you comfortable with the FBI doing that, allegedly? They're holding a hearing, uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee, grilling Rod Rosenstein about the investigation, the origins thereof, the extremely sharp Lindsey Graham in control. You signed a warrant application in June of, uh, I think, 2017, to get the uh, Carter Page warrant renewed. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, have you looked at the Horowitz report? Yes, I have. I have it with me, Senator. If you knew then what you know now, would you have signed the warrant application? No, I would not. Okay. And the reason you wouldn't have is because Mr. Horowitz found that exculpatory information was withheld from the court. Is that correct? Among other reasons, yes. Yeah, sir. and somebody actually altered an email correct right right. so there were 17 violations that mr Howard's found but i can't stress enough to the country that he found the most egregious of all the dossier was the only reason the carter page warrant was issued to begin with and in january 2017 the man who provided steel with all the information told the FBI it was a bunch of garbage and they used it twice more. What kind of country is this? What happens to people who do that? Well, that's what we're waiting to find out. What does happen to people who do that? Who lie to get a warrant so they can spy on you? For anybody. I mean, you running your uh, the, the, the hardware store. If the government lies because they, eh, they just think they'd like to spy on you. And they come they up with like a way you. to do it. They want to discredit you. Does anybody get in trouble for that? And then how about if it's an incoming presidential administration? Right. If you spy on anybody enough, you can discredit them. You can ruin them. As we all know, I'm very cynical. Uh, I think the FBI has been doing this forever, and they will do it forever. If they want to spy on somebody, they just do. They just do. Mm. They feel like, well, we're the kind of people like Comey does. I'm the kind of person that can handle this responsibility. Yeah, I'm a good American. And me having the power to spy on whoever I want to, whenever I want to, will not be mishandled. It's a good thing I'm in this yes, position. Yes, boy, imagine if someone lesser uh, than me oh, was in this job, how dangerous that would be. And more uh, particularly, these rules exist for lesser humans than myself. As I am nearly a god, I can take this power into my hands and invent my own rules. There are cases, uh, they pop up now and again, of some police chief who's mad at a city council person or vice versa, and they'll 
spy on each other or plant you know lies in the press or whatever. It's insidious. You can't have it. And the idea that it's being done at the highest level by the most elite law enforcement and investigative uh, organization on the planet is is it's awful. You just can't have it. And Lindsey Graham's question at the end there is not a rhetorical question. What happens to people who do that? I'm actually curious to know what Rosenstein's answer is. I'm sure he said something diplomatic about, well, we'll have a thorough investigation, and if people blah, 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 they'll be held to account, blah, blah, blah. Although um, the history of the thing is that if you lie to the feds, you get charged, you get convicted. If they lie to you or, or cover up or whatever, everybody just kind of mumble, mumbles, uh, shuffles their feet, and it goes away. So that's why I was happy to be talking about it. I don't want the mumbling, shuffling, and going away. I want people hold held accountable, rather. Final thoughts with A-N-G. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Greetings, everyone. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room. He keeps us on the air. Michelangelo, final thought? You know, in my opinion, I think it's about time to open up everything, especially gyms. I tried to pick up some water the other day, and it was like I had to take a nap afterwards. I'm <laughs> so weak now. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's sad. I'll bet your grip strength is poor, too. Positive Sean, our producer, final thought? The fact that millions around the country are taking to the streets in peaceful protest in reaction to the police into a cop murdering of George Floyd, it gives me a lot of, it restores my faith in humanity, and I, I love seeing it. And uh, shout out to peaceful protesters. It, it's a, that's a sacred American right. Keep doing what you're doing and, and hold the looters accountable. Do, do what you're doing. I love those videos. Right? Jack, you're the co-host. Do you have a final thought for us? I do. I'm going to do some research on this because I had a dream last night that I was at a party and then I woke up horribly hungover today, Mm. even though I had nothing to drink last night. I'm trying to figure out if it's a psychosomatic cause and effect or if I'm sick and so I had a dream to fill in why I felt bad or or what. But I, I was as hungover today as I've been, well, since I quit drinking. You ever have one of those dreams where you're like in a fight with your spouse? And you wake up and you still have the hostility, and you, it takes a while to flush those emotional chemicals out of your head. Oh, yeah. And replace them with the normal. I've ones. had dreams where I was in love with somebody that I've never even really thought of before, and all of a sudden it's like it takes a long time to get that out of your head. Right. Right. Maybe I should call. <laughs> <laughs> ah, dreams, mysterious, aren't they? That's my final thought. <laughs> Well, do you think I could have had a dream where I was drinking and it would give me a hangover? I think it's more likely the opposite, that you had a headache and your body invented a reason. But why, why your, the your brain, hey, brain, why the riddle? Why, don't, why doesn't the brain just say to you, you're thirsty and have a headache, instead of like some sort of metaphor or code or something? I don't know. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Buy some A&G swag. Would you help support the crew? Uh, also, all the podcasts are there. Or you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Where around the world are you listening, for instance? Or just if there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Have you considered being good at your jobs? Armstrong and get. 
I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.